It's Britney, bitch. I literally would die for her now. I see you. It was, I just want to dance with you. You just want to dance with you. It's okay. Every time we turn the lights down. Just on a golden extra mile for you. You got that display of attraction. It's like no one else in the room. We can go. So what, did you read it? Oh, wait, you listened to it. Like, I, I always liked her. I was always, when somebody would say Britney's name in 0.5 seconds name, I'd bring up Christina because the media got to me. The media got to me. They Do you hear me? The media made me think that I had to pick one woman over the other. Uh, <laughs> and they're both phenomenal. Now, all I want my Instagram explore to serve me are videos of Britney. And you are in an ex-Tina phase, die hard, too. Die right hard. Now. Because you're still, when you hear Britney, you I'm, think of ex-Tina. Yeah. But the cool part about the book was Britney doesn't shit talk. She didn't shit talk Christina. She only told the facts about Justin. But Britney does not shit talk. She's like a, she's like a G. Britney's a fucking classy trashy Midwestern bad gal. bitch and I'm like I want to fucking be you do, I really really you know, really respect because her because we owe that woman many apologies and it's not just us Marina it's and when I say us I mean her family the people and media and powers in her life they owe her apology Lauer, we don't owe Diane her Sawyer Ryan Seacrest I'm like run hell for what you did to that beautiful girl yeah and you know what watching all these Diane Sawyer interviews is making me want to fucking vom She's a misogynist. Everybody's like, she's the most incredible journalist of all time, and she's paving the way for women. Bullshit. No way. I saw this interview with her and Courtney Love, and she's like, are you on heroin right now? And Courtney Love was like, what? No. And she's like, do you do heroin in front of your babies? And Courtney Love looks so hurt. And she said, how could you ask me that? And she said, listen here, Courtney, I'm just asking all the questions that everybody wants to know. And I'm just like... God damn it. Are you that shit? I would have been like, listen here, Diane. Do you have a 24-inch metal pole shoved <laughs> up your fucking machine? <sighs> Doesn't excuse her behavior. That's awful. Yeah. So back to the Britney thing. I was listening to another podcast where they're saying, finally, we're talking out about Justin Timberlake. She just sus. She's sus. He's so sus. She just did it so eloquently, and it was the biggest clapback in history. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her clapback. Uh, yeah, because it's the most sold celebrity autobio Nine of all time. million pre-orders. <laughs> Nine million pre-orders. And you know half of those are like celebrities or people in the scene. Meaning all those people are going to read that J. Tim told her to get her abort her little baby that listen, she wished to keep. Listen, it's not about the abortion to me because bitch I'm pro-choice you know what I mean well for Vote sure Let's- yes on issue one <laughs> I, I did a lot of research on this it's not because I think we did no last time yeah we did no last time it's yes, yes on this one. time and they're trying to fucking confuse us but we won't be confused they're like protect our children but and I was like what which who's God's <laughs> whose children the children that are forced to have babies you know what I mean Yes, I didn't come up with that. Gotta be fair. Yes on issue one. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Listen, obviously she was deeply traumatized about the abortion, but it's everything around it too. He yeah, that's the whole left point. Yeah. her on an island in all of her 20s to deal with all of that shit. Dude. I haven't finished it yet. Do you think Jessica Beale's pissed? Um, 
I think she's that married to Justin Timberlake. It's hard when you're judging up shit from your past. I like think it's twenty hard. years ago. Yeah, yeah. But if you haven't done active work to low key change, how do you who know you that? Are, we don't know these. No, people. I'm saying if you haven't done active work to change who you are, that shit's still on you. Yeah, and that's on shit's you. Still on you. That's all on you, in you. But it's just as bad to judge him for his lowest moments and hold him accountable for those 20 years ago it's just like i give me five seconds to judge more white men please it's like we don't <laughs> it's like we're always protecting them you know what i mean i back to this britney shit because i was such an ex-tina fan for so long i've seen every ex-tina live performance every video <laughs> okay super fan yeah i have not seen all the amazing britney content that's out there for somebody who's obsessed with christina you've never been <laughs> really good dude for somebody who's obsessed with christina you haven't been her for halloween one time Wh- who have i ever been for halloween you dressed up like a hot cat woman the other day <laughs> what was that for we surprised her thursday night date night we surprised justin's sister and went to her halloween party and i had to figure out a fit and i had a savage fenty long like basically lingerie God, i love set. how you dress like a slut for your husband's sister's kids halloween party it wasn't her kids halloween party <laughs> it was very much for the adults there was one baby and it's my nephew and he's the cutest thing in the entire world i literally want Almost, to eat him yeah, i want to yeah, eat him yeah. and he dressed wants up to be eaten he, okay he dressed up as a football potato Oh. And <laughs> every year moving forward, I'm going to dress up as what he was last year for next year's Halloween. So next year, I'm going to be a three-month-old baby dressed up as a football. Why don't you just dress up like a football? You're not a three-month-old baby. But I'm going to be what he was the year prior. So I think a like, football. yeah, I guess I could just be the football. But I th- think it'd be funny to be a baby dressed up as a football. What are you going to wear, a diapy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds like you have a kink you need to itch. So but then the next year, you're going to be a fucking one-year-old dressed up like a sunflower literally yes okay not a bad idea what did you think of britney the memoir the i only woman got into me. the first three chapters because you bought it on oh. my audible so now am i are you finished and can i listen to it now okay yes okay and is it so good it's so good i'll listen to it today i'll finish it's, it today it's literally so loud and that caught me off guard <laughs> I think mine was literally really good though. Okay, so there's so many things I want to talk to you about. There is something I really think we need to talk about. I have one too. Okay, let me go first. Because you were born first or why? Because I think that I've been thinking about mine for like two weeks and you probably just thought of yours in your teeny tiny little (laughs) pea brain right now. Okay, yes, you're completely correct on that. Not the size of my people. <laughs> but any other updates you want to give before we go in? I, I mean, anything? Before we get into your serious topic, do not <laughs> aim that rubber band at me like that. <laughs> Didn't like that. Guys, if you ever want to freak somebody out, just like pretend to shoot a rubber band at them, but don't look down at your hands and wait till they <laughs> notice. Do you want to tell them why we didn't podcast last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we have to now that you said that. I basically kicked Cassandra out of my house. I left. <laughs> I left. I basically kicked her out. So you know how we keep telling you guys that we are fighting and it keeps getting worse. I think that we might be manifesting it because it literally keeps getting worse. And we know that words are spells out loud. I also made my, I have to tell you what I did that night. It's really important. We didn't record the podcast last week. We were too busy screaming at each other because we fought so hard. We don't yell though. We just talk intensely to the point where Marina Sanchi said, get the fuck out. And I said, oh, don't even finish saying the word out of my house because I am leaving. I didn't tell you to get out. I proverbially said it with, or I said it with my energy, but I didn't actually tell you to get out because 
bitch was leaving before I could say it. And but if you would have stayed one more minute, we would have been fine. I would have been like, guilt, guilt. So I left and then I turned my phone off and I said, don't even try and contact me. I didn't try to contact you. I knew, I knew you wouldn't, but I wanted the energy in the earth to know that you couldn't if you tried. <laughs> and finally, that night I ended up doing my thing, but it was that morning when I was taking my long shower. I love my showers. I made a vow to myself to no longer view this relationship or these fights as something that I am able to allow to happen. Basically. Love that, Cass. Me too. It's no longer on the table to fight like that. Well... I was listening to Channy's podcast. And the full moon was two days ago. And we just ended eclipse season after a two-year pretty high-intensity experience of eclipses moving through Scorpio and Taurus. And it was climaxing, like, up until that point. And our energy, aggression, and anger and rage has been kind of progressing. Yeah. It's been crescendoing, if you will. And I think... It has nothing to do with us. And I just think it has to do with us surfacing new things in our lives. I'm reading this book right now called No Bad Parts. And I think everybody should read it. Everybody. I've heard such good shit about this But it talks about the parts of you as if they're like characters in a movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's no inherent bad part of you. Okay. Uh I'm like boring myself because I just said this on my social media, but I'm going to say it again because it's really important. Also, this is very anti what they teach in the shaming Christian culture where it's like you have to be saved. Every part of you is bad. It's refreshing to hear. Oh, that makes me want to gag. Yeah. And like Christian cultures that abide by this, you're raised to think that you are a sinner as a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. You are inherently sinned. You are inherently bad. Yeah. What? I know. Crazy. So this ideology stems from internal family systems, also commonly referred to as IFS. It is a popular therapy concept or category of teachings. Parts theory is this idea that you have all these different parts. And we're talking about parts of you that like are a little sus. Parts of you that you're like, oh God. That's toxic. And this is ranging all the way to people that do things that they shouldn't do. Maybe it's based in violence. Maybe it's like assault. Maybe it's anger, rage, shame. These are all parts of us. Okay. It's this idea that these parts aren't inherently bad. And if you can look at this individual part of you and you can have a conversation with just you and that part. Okay. Let's talk about for me specifically anger. Anger comes up in me really intensely in the sense of like, how could that person take advantage of me? Or how could that person take advantage of an innocent person? I get very angry when I feel like an unjust thing has happened. That is a part of me that I don't really love because it makes me feel very bad and angry on the inside. So if I back up all the other parts, the happy, joyful parts of me, the easeful parts of me, the competitor, the inner critic, the information seeker, if I back up all those parts and I say, all right, just me and just the inner rage me are going to have a conversation. I look at it and I say, why do you get so mad? Why do you get so angry? And that part goes, well, because most of your life you've been a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and people Mm -hmm. have taken advantage of you. And we hate that for you. We want to stand up for you because people haven't ever stood up for you in your life. So we're just trying to show you that you matter. You matter. So I'm angry for you. You are stepping up for me. And I know that worked in my favor for a really long time, but I have to let you go now because you're no longer serving me. So this is a a common therapizing technique. I am going to release you and bury you. I'm going to eulogize you. You know what? Anger. I completely understand why you were there. You showed up for me when nobody else was there. You helped me realize that I am worthy, that feeling these emotions mean that I know I want better and that I can do better. I will miss the times that you came up in me and allowed me to speak my truth. However, 
the burden that you are now bringing on to me needs to be let go. So mm. I bury you. Mm. So I buried that bitch last night. I did this whole practice last night. I buried anger. I you, buried it. Did you? And then today, when literally? I was- Literally? Physically buried it? I didn't like literally- Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. I didn't literally bury it. I was like, it was it. raining. I could imagine her out there just like- <laughs> No, but maybe I, I could bring it to a physical practice next time. So this morning, I'm driving and I'm thinking of something that upsets me. A lot of times I get upset when I think about how people talk to me or when I feel taken advantage of, which I just, it's a very common feeling for me. So I need to figure it out. And then I thought to myself, no, 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 no. Anger, we buried you last night, bitch. You are not coming back from the dead. We said to go. So we will not over-emotionalize this issue. And now we can create space for something else. I will say... Anger is a part of the emotional spectrum, but in ways that aren't going to cripple you. So this you know? is different. I will tell you why. I said this to my friend Jesse last night. The book also talks about how in meditation, we villainize the ego. And I have been teaching meditation very differently for a long time. I never villainize the ego. I say the ego is here to talk to you. It's here to be listened to. It's not the monkey brain that's commonly referred to in the Hindu tradition. I take out the religious affect of it. I, I look at it differently. So I sent this to my friend. This is from the book. The quieting of the mind associated with mindfulness happens when the parts of us usually running our lives, aka our egos, relax. So we can experience mindfulness when our ego's like, okay, we're going to relax on the control right now. We're just going to watch. This then allows the parts we've tried to bury, also known as exiles, to ascend. So when we relax the ego, Parts that we've buried start to be like, oh, is there room for us? Bringing with them the emotions, beliefs, and memories they carry. Those are the burdens. So it's not the emotion that's bad. It's the association with the exile. That's where you get like the feelings of shame tied to sex, tied to confidence, tied to whatever it is, performance. Wow. It's really, this is shadow work. We're basically talking about shadow work right now. Yeah, I'm familiar and this book sounds great. Can't wait to read it. Cassandra's like, can we please fucking talk about anything else? (laughs) As she's opening her ginger snaps. Listen, I love it. I think it's great. I'm, that quite literally relates to something very personal in my life right now. So I'm totally interested. Would you care to share? No. Moving on. That was a test. And you failed. The most wonderful time of the year. All right, Cass, I have a really important question for you. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Halloween is almost over. Halloween is over. Christmas is not for how many days? 50 days. Do you start listening to the holiday music before Thanksgiving? Duh, bitch. Duh, bitch. Duh, bitch. Duh, bitch. Christina Aguilera has one of the best Christmas albums of all time, and I have almost hit play on it already. Anyways, so it, I was not finished there. And the reason why I wanted to go back to reading parts theory no, no bad parts is because I have been kind of questioning myself a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. You have been pretty questionable lately. You know what I mean? No, I've been questioning yeah. myself, not oh. questionable. Oh, okay. Are we dramatic? Are we overly dramatic? Like where do we stand in the drama? Okay. Are we addicted to drama? I love this. You know what this makes me think of? That, that darling, that doesn't make you think of. We spoke at this panel at Gravity last week. We were on the panel and there was two other- Sober talks, hashtag. Mocktail girly, Tim from Olean Seabus, me and Marita, and then Josh Gandy is the moderator, hosted by Gravity, our girl Mary. Thanks for having us. And at the end of the panel, this thing happened that happens pretty much everywhere. You and I go. Everywhere you and I go. Somebody comes up to me and they say, wow, I love your energy. Every single time I go somewhere and I think, okay- Is it my energy or is it how I so emphatically and confidently talk about things that make me very like big? 
you know what I mean? I've gotten this my whole life. We've talked about this on the pod. <laughs> Marty then just flicked me off. Marty and I have signs for each other to help because we worked in construction together. So we like to bring them back when we're podcasting. Like, stop, pause, or that's a really good thing. So, Or you sound fucking stupid. Sometimes she flicks me off and that's what she just did. People tell me that they want to bottle up our energy or that we have really infectious energy or they just sell it, sell it, sell it. I wonder what's about that. You know what I mean? And when you say, are we addicted to drama? Does that feed into it? So great questions. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I've been thinking about it a lot. And then also I will say about the drama part, I do think we have to define it because I think drama means different things to other people. Ask the most dramatic person. Do you think you're dramatic? And they'll say no. And you'll be like, what? You're so dramatic. So it's like, I think that perception of drama is kind of interesting too. So much to say. And I like, don't even know where to to begin. begin. Journaling this morning, I wrote about this and I'm going to do my best to talk about it. It's such uncharted territory for me that I'm going to do my best to explain it. I'm sorry if this comes off unclear. When we were young, Sandra, we had, um, a tightness around us. Imagine like something around you that only lets you inhale so big or take up so much space. That's kind of what we were like growing up. When we were young, it felt a lot like we had to be very quiet and we had to fall behind the wayside. And that's just a product of our parents doing their absolute very best. A hundred percent. Let's be very clear. I love them very much. When Xander and I, this is what I journaled about, when Xander and I would go to our friend's house or we would go somewhere that was like outdoor, like a practice or something, and we saw someone we loved, it was like a pressure keg finally getting to off gas. And we would be like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. We would jump up and down. We would dance and make music videos. We would act a fool and crazy and so excited, whether we were going to the mall or volleyball practice, or we were getting Wendy's with our best friends. We were over the top, singing in the car, having the time, because we had all of this potential energy that needed to move. It needed to move. However, that was our survival mechanism when we were in that state of life. We're no longer in that state of our life anymore. So why am I still doing? And when I see somebody, I'm like acting like they just got off of their like deathbed and they are walking for the first time. You know what I mean? It's like so over the top. I made a joke at the farmer's market because Marty and I were vending at the farmer's market and somebody left the booth and I said, nice fucking interview session you just had with that person, Marina. She's like, what do you mean? I said, you literally just asked them like 15 questions straight. If you had a dog, what dog would you have? What don't you like about this one? Do you adopt? Do you shop? What do you think about? What is the adoption? That I was just like, what is going on? I was trying to connect with her. And I get that. So that's kind of like my breakdown, Cass, is that now we live in houses where we can express ourselves. But the funny thing is, is where are you most quiet and reserved and organized? Where? In my house. In your house. Where are you most chaotic and all over the place and colorful? Out in the world. Exactly. So. Exactly. And now the question is, is that really true our nature or is that just so hardcore learned? It's hardcore learned. I think it is. I don't know. I literally can't say it's hardcore learned because this is the first time within the last, you know, week or so that I'm even exploring this. So I can't be like, it's definitely hardcore learned because you just heard about this for the first time 30 (laughs) seconds ago and you already have an opinion. Okay. Well, I. It's okay. Opinions are normal, you stupid bitch. Okay, so what I want to say about that is on top to build. It's another part of my personality where I'm like, is this really me? Or is this something that I just was a defense mechanism for so long? When somebody says something like, how do you feel about voting? And I'm so 
How do you feel about voting? Voting. So oh, we'll be like, okay. how do you feel about voting? And I'm just so big and so confident in saying, I fucking don't believe it does shit, but I do in any ways because we vote for people who can't and never have. And this is what I believe. And this is how strongly I believe in it. And let me give you three musical references and two pop culture references and two references from history to tell you why this is something I believe in so 100%. My God, I could have just said, I believe in voting. I could have said that, right? Mm-hmm. Our whole life, I felt like I had to make a case for everything. for everything. I never felt wanted. Chosen. So I had to. We never chosen. felt chosen. So I had to make a Still case don't. for why <laughs> in ways. But now I don't need to feel chosen. I don't need to feel chosen as much as I need to feel like my birthright being here is that. I matter because it's my birthright because I'm a human and I have life and I have a consciousness. Therefore, I matter. Totally. But when you're in middle school and you. High school and college. High school and college. And you always feel like you're third, fourth, fifth, bottom pick of the litter. But somehow you manage to get with the, in quotation mark, cool girls. But you're never chosen that has had a lingering effect on me so I was telling somebody today I have trust issues everybody has their own version of trust issues whether your parents were had an ugly divorce when you're young or whether your mom wasn't around or whether there was addiction in your family or you fucking hated your brother so many different ways you can have trust issues to me I think this is the hardest one to resolve my trust issues come up when I can tell somebody is it's more accepting of something because it's going to benefit them. The reason why this bothers me so deeply is because I was so not accepted my whole life. And now it feels more advantageous to accept, if you will, different things, different people. Oh, it's so much more different now. It's so different now, but I'm saying I look at some people and I think, well, you wouldn't have done that 10 years ago. So I don't trust you deep down. And it brings up that little part of me that was always literally cast aside. And we wonder why we see these archetypes repeat the same patterns to justify a wound from when they were 11 years old. It's wild how deeply imprinted that we can truly be. So that's why I'm like, let's dig some of this shit up. Let's like actually figure it out. You and I have a lot of the same experiences because we have a lot of the same memories because we were literally like shared a room till we were 18 years old. I am completely aligned with everything that you were saying. Okay, so now I have all this information and I'm thinking to myself, all right, Marina, what are you going to do with this information? Now you know that you overexert yourself and it's become so part of your fabric. It's become like a true addiction that you respond in social situations by going over the top. How can we settle this down a little bit? And you know what pacifies me more than anything in conversation without having to like put off too much energy is the emotion of joy, actually. So what I'm thinking, like when I'm on the phone with my best friends or when I'm visiting someone I really love on the phone with my best friend today, visited someone I really love today too. I told myself, just be you. Don't go over the top, but still let yourself experience joy. Joy is like a really good a middle ground for me because I am inherently a very joyful person. Cool. Yeah. So that's been helping me for the past couple days. Just a thought. Yeah. You don't have to ex- outwardly express your joy. You can just experience the joy on the Feel inside. It. Smile. <laughs> I probably look psycho. I bet you look so beautiful. <laughs> I know that you do. The reason why I said all of that about you asked me about voting and I have to give you a whole diatribe on why I feel a certain way. Remember, it was because I felt like I had to defend myself for so long. That goes back to the way I feel about feelings and emotions. So I'm a very extreme feeler. So in order for me to... Well, this is really interesting, Sandra. In order for me to validate to myself that I feel sad, I get sick over my sadness. Or anger or happiness or joy, I have such extreme levels for these feelings. 
So when people meet me or see me, my friends, they know me to be a very big, extreme person in so many categories. I'm in my life right now where the person that I'm with and living with is seeing a very neutral part of me. And I'm like, does this person think that I'm just like Basic? Not, not happy or neutral when it's like, I just need to reset my own nervous system and figure out how I actually want to respond to in moments of sadness, anger, or joy. Okay, I have two questions for you. Number one. The other thing will be, can I say one more thing for your yes. questions? Yes. How I stood out in student council or volleyball captain or the radio station or all of these things that I did. I had to be extra in so many ways. Extra positive, extra fun, extra hardworking, extra, extra, Brown extra. people, dude. It's the, the I was going to say, it's the immigrant mentality. Yeah, it's the The cursive. children of immigrant mentality. And I'm getting to the point where it's like, that only ever got me into positions where I was being accepted by dominant American culture and I'm realizing that I'm like resentful of that yeah for sure and I want to make sure I don't get to a place where I'm like I don't want to I don't need anyone I don't want to please anyone I'm out I'm gonna go do my own thing it's probably because I'm reading Cersei and she's on her own island right now and she's turning men into pigs and I'm like go girl go <laughs> I kind of feel like you're kind of there a little bit but I'm like feeling and that's I'm why not I on this planet to make anybody feel a certain way and I don't want to do it anymore that's why I told you the other day and you got upset with me I was like Sandra, this is why I feel like it's really important for you to remove yourself outside of your bubble and go into other bubbles sometimes because it offers perspective that completely might change the weather for the day. I hung out with two friends. I got but caught. But that's you presuming that I don't go out, that I'm You in don't. A you all always day. say all the time, I don't. I don't do things unless I want to or I have you fun. You don't know what I do every day though, bro. I, you don't really see that many people anymore, you don't, do you? You don't know anything about my day to day <laughs> and I don't really appreciate that at all. I have a question for you. Do you feel in order to fully process, experience an emotion that you have to defend it to other people? Yeah. Yeah. You know me so well. Of yeah. course my answer to that is yes. What, my are, answer what to that is, is that about? It's like this I'm in this weird This is why I feel this way and this is why it's justified. Yeah. And then based off of the book I'm reading, because all of a sudden I'm a therapist now, that means that there's a part of you that doesn't think that that emotion is valid in you. Mm -hmm. So you have part one that feels unheard because there, you have a part two that's telling that part, shut the fuck up, you big fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. And you're supposed to split those parts and talk to them individually. Like you have different personalities. And he argues that multiple personality disorder fucked everything up because it's actually a very beautiful way to, like to look at parts recover. theory. Yeah. Wow. He also talks about he's worked with thousands of people, but he's worked with predators. Okay, Richard Schwartz. So he worked with thousands of people and he said, listen, and you know what's really- Listen here, my boy. What's really cool about him Honey, is he said- no. <laughs> He's going to sacrifice himself. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> okay, moving on. He said he truly has never met a part that he is unable to relate with or work with. And this is after he worked with abusers and murderers. He also said, <gasps> literally- yeah. I know, wow. And he literally said the most difficult part dynamic to work with is somebody who experiences disordered eating patterns. Women specifically who experience anorexia and bulimia are one of the hardest parts to support. For him as a male. Um, for what he believes in the rooted traumas and the rooted discomforts and shame and guilt, like total tornado milkshake, that is the combination of those parts. He says it's very difficult 
difficult to work with. However, it's something he's pretty passionate about. So yeah, I'm obsessed with this book. Holy mother fucking shit. If I think about all the interviews I've listened to with the most famous people on the planet or she's like, if I think about the 49 Christina Aguilera interviews that I listened to this weekend. No. And then I think about the women that I respect most on this planet, mom and Nolna. What are the two things that people say that are the most important to them in their life? Love and family. Love and family. I fucking knew it. Chose whatever you decide is, is to be family. When you think about the crazy shit that people go through, yeah, I, I can understand that that guy is able to sympathize with the parts of those people. It makes me feel hopeful in a way. It just sucks that we have so many different combinations of parts that result in like really fucked up shit. Anyways, what I want to say about all of that is in this place in our late 20s where we have to kind of decide, do I want to stay who I was in my 20s so that everybody will still recognize me in my 30s? And this is what I'm doing. I'm saying I'm not going to stay in the same box that I've kept myself in my 20s and I'm going to try a new outfit on for my 30s that is unknown to me still. I still may not be recognizable in some ways and I may be more myself than ever, but the only way to make space for all of these things going on, these parts or these repressed parts of myself is to discard the shit that no longer serves me and make space for the new stuff. Alcohol did that. We know that alcohol revealed to me that I'm not as social as I think that I am. I'm not as agreeable as I thought I was. I'm not as adorable and cute as I thought I was. I'm way more subdued and introverted in many ways. And instead kind of, of bitchy too. <laughs> Don't sure, forget to add that bitchy. one in there. And instead of looking <laughs> at that and thinking, you're bad, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to be have a hot group of friends and the community doesn't love you anymore. If there is no, that's bad. Straightforward. So I think that my dramatization level is going down. You know how people go through different phases in their life where they dress maybe like librarian hot for like three years or they just like a little punk or they dress a little bit like corporate chic or like sporty. You're like in your sporty gear all the time. Okay, so it's interesting because now I'm applying parts theory to everything. So I'm thinking about falling into trends or listening to specific music or what you wear when you start to identify with a part of you because you need it to feel seen. Wow. And I think that there it can That's happen ooh. in one of two ways. You need it to feel seen so you're leaning into it, but you might not be accepting it and making space for it to fully thrive and bringing it into the light. Absolutely. So I feel like step one is leaning into the part that you want to feel into, but step two is actually allowing it to be authentic. And removing the burden. Remember how I'm telling you the part carries a burden and removing the burden that's associated with like the negative offset of the shame, the guilty, whatever that was keeping it when it was buried in exile. That was great. Okay. I have two points to make. One being like, (laughs) one being when you said you have to make room and you're trying to lean into that part of yourself that you're not foundationally accepting speak out on it. Right. I don't know what that means. Okay. I'll give you an example. For a long time, it bothered me so badly that everyone called me cute and I wanted to be hot. I think a lot of cute. Who called you cute? Cute alternative girls can relate to this. Sandra, everyone always thought you were hot. But the love of God. (laughs) You're, you weren't me and you didn't have my experience. That's not true. I was never hot ever. Oh, please. I got hot a couple years ago, okay? I completely disagree, but I, I it just makes me upset because you were always the hotter twin. But go ahead and go back into your... It's fine. You can have your experiences. Your experiences are your experiences. You remember that you were the hot <laughs> twin in high school, right? 
But that's because, no, we were both equally given zero attention. <laughs> so that's not fair. I just had to be a little more confidence. Okay. Maybe? This is, you, oh my God, you had so much more confidence than but me. But that's it. I wasn't the hotter twin. Okay. Can means. I go back to my fucking story? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go back. Well, I felt like I was called cute for so long. Cute, cute, cute. And all I wanted to be called was hot. Okay. Listen, cute girls out there. You can relate to me if you know what I'm talking about. I kept on bitching about how I was so cute and I never even used the word hot and all I wanted to be was hot. My whole thing is like, if I look back on that, obviously I was very young in my twenties and now I'm moving into my thirties. Speak in the shit that you want to feel, that you want to embody, that you want to enjoy. I should have been like, I am hot. I'm Cassandra. Hi, I'm hot. And just overly made fun of myself about how hot I am, even though I felt like the unhottest person in the world and I just felt so cute. I love this. When we talk about branding ourselves, it's us trying to figure out all the little things that stuck with us when we were kids and us trying to creatively explore what that makes us now. I'm realizing now that I don't need to nor want to be seen by everybody. Truly. I don't necessarily even need to be kind of like liked by everybody. Really scary to think about for me. Now that I'm thinking about what would it be like to be a social media no. influencer? The answer to me is, I'm oh like, my what God, would it no. be like if I like leaned in and was like, all right, Marina, your goal is to get a hundred thousand followers in the next. Oh, you would do it. Three in months. Six months or something. Six yeah. months, whatever. You would and show it. And then I kind of do think about a little bit what you're saying. I'm saying like, oh man, I don't know You are, if I could handle it. You are growing and revealing with other eyes watching. It feels it's like what in nature do, has that happen? Yes, it feels unnatural. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with oh it. Oh my god, get at all. If you're good I at actually it, go. think part of me thinks I could make it work, for okay. sure. I really do. You got to really check that ego a lot to do that. I do have um, a couple friends who are so dominating that space and have offered some really interesting insights and wisdoms that I think that could work so i'll i'll, t- I'll uh, come back in when i have a million followers and tell you guys what it's like <laughs> okay anyways <laughs> i think there's like this super trendy approach to being like i don't even need to be liked or very much like i'm not here to make friends on america's next top model or the bachelor but there is a really beautiful perspective to it if you think about it like this when i walk outside and i go for my long walk in the woods i don't look at everything and try and create a relationship with it I don't look at that wet leaf and think, wow, I want that to be on my skin or like, oh, the lake, I'm going to get into it right now. Or, oh, the wind, it's the perfect temperature. We're just experiencing it on our walk, right? So when I go out into the world, I no longer need to feel like that cashier thought I was friendly or the person I ran into. This is literally so good. I no longer position myself to be in relationship with everything around me, which is why you might say I'm a bitch these days. But what I'm saying is I'm just feeling like I'm more at peace with the world around me. Oh God, I love it, Cassandra. I love it. Didn't you tell me something about there's a book called like There Is No Bad Weather Day or... Yeah, There Is No Bad Weather. That's kind of what I'm getting at. There's a reason that we all don't like everything. And there's a reason why I'm not liked by everybody now. And I'm genuinely actually like celebrating that Mm. to my core. So Rihanna of you. Thanks, bitch. Like, so Rihanna of you. Oh, fucking God. So good she had to say it twice. It's so Rihanna of me. It she is said it twice. so. Riri. But the only thing I, that doesn't mean that I don't really deeply look for true love and true respect, because I do. Okay, I think everything you said is amazing, but I have to change the topic. 
And I have to ask you a really serious question. It's about my hair, isn't it? It's about my hair. You need a haircut. I'm getting a haircut this week. I get my haircut. For an inspo picture? On fucking Friday at 9 a.m. I don't have inspo. My question is, I have a very important question to ask you. Do you think that all the curly haired girlies out there, is there another way to wear your hair curly without a shag or looking like a cone head? Yes, I will show you. I've shown this to you. Okay, can you show it to me now? Yeah. Let's see. I, I might have texted it to mommy. Just kidding. I've never called my mom mommy before. I was just trying it out. But I want to go to dance too. It's layers in the front. Cass, that photo, like you can't see anything that's going on. Yeah, you can. If y'all are listening out there, please DM me a photo. You're such a fucking bitch. <laughs> DM me a photo of like a good curl wave that we can channel. You're going to be so regretful that you didn't take the since bow pick that I have because every hairdresser will understand what that means. I don't even, I don't know what it means. So I'm not going to show it to the hairdresser. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Gals and ghouls. Cassandra and I okay, guys. are going to get sassy and we're going to play truth or drink, but with fire cider. And honestly, it's more strong than booze. So let's be real. This is fucking hardcore. I have the first question. Okay, go ahead. Marina, what is the most recently disturbing invasive thought that you've had? <laughs> Dis- <laughs> no, disturbing. Don't. Come on, Sandra. Intrusive. Just what is the most recent intrusive thought that you've had that's been like, ooh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't have to tell us like literally, but you can tell okay. us the category. I mean, honestly, yeah. I was by my altar last night and I thought to myself, all right, girl, we're done watching scary movies because I've been filling my brain with horrible scary movies literally every day for the past month. And I think a lot about um, horrible, gruesome deaths. Yeah. Okay. Like, Relatable like mm-hmm. stabbings stabbing yeah so that's fine does I've that work hearing the water go down my drain and toilets flush in the plumbing in our house and it sounds a lot like the demons from that exorcist show that's not an intrusive thought no i know i it's not my question it was yours i'm Got just it. letting you know yes 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 okay okay cass do you think that you have mental issues sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that. I didn't mean to say mental issues. What I meant to say is a mental illness. I think that, but I think that people who struggle with mental illness are connected to the world in different ways. And I sometimes think that. Have you seen um, uh, Split? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I'm connected to the world in different ways. At least now I don't get freaked out when I think I see things. I just accept it. Oh my God. So I was in my room today mm-hmm. and the lights were flickering like crazy. Ah. And you have to keep in mind that we're almost at Samhain and All Hallows Eve the 31st is to honor your lineage and to honor the deaths of the people in your family. So I've been doing a lot of practices around that. And I'm wearing Justin's grandmother's ring who passed in order to like be more connected to her. And the light was going crazy. It was going crazy to the point where I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to shut the light off. And then I was like, when I walk out the store, I wonder if it's going to slam behind me. The door didn't slam, but I'll keep you posted. Cool. Okay, Nini, truth or drink? Um, <laughs> oh, what's an ick that you get from adult men? Like this is what's an ick that you get from whether it's a friend or a partner. The easiest or- question. I could give you 50. Okay. Give us just like two. Give us two. When grown men seem inconvenienced by their own children. 
<gasps> Whoa, where have you seen that? When they're like, oh, <laughs> sorry. As if they're like not bears. Oh my God, I'm ice. <laughs> I'm like, are you joking? Like, oh, sorry, that's embarrassing. Yeah, sound Or off. when women are pregnant and their husbands are like, they're like carrying heavy shit. And you're like, are you literally joking? Oh my God. <laughs> Or wow. when when he knows that she's too good for him and he doesn't buy her her fucking dinner. Wow. How can he? Yes. Come on, ask me something that's so ridiculous I can't answer it clearly on camera. Cass, if you could have not made this vow, no, I would have made it over and over and over again. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love it. But anyways, let's take a shot anyways. I okay. love that question. Thank you. This Nina, if you could have not made the smoking vow, would you have not? No, of course I would have. Really? Yep. That's amazing. So I DM'd Marty and I picture of the, Ol Ooh. the Olsen twins the other day. And they were smoking as And they, they were do. in these as long trench coats, smoking cigs together, all huddled up in New York. And they can be like, all oh, hot. And Marty and I DM'd me and she said, this could be this us. This could be us. And I said, fuck. <laughs> You're not supposed to text me back shit like that when I DM you that. It's <laughs> what, so tempting. Wh what do you want me to text you? I almost DM back exactly, and then I just see what you would say. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't have said anything. I think that's it. That it can just end there. Take your shot. Okay, and then let's talk about where Fire Cider is going to be. Okay. For all you Lone Rangers out there. Woo! So fucking good, dude. Okay. Big news for East. Big news, big news. Big news, big news. Big news. So I went to a Rubik's Cube solving competition. Sandra, can we just talk about the fire cider? Last thing. And there was a woman and she was wearing a hat that said Habibi. And she was walking up the stairs and I was going down. I said, Habibi. And she goes, Habibti. And I go, Habibti. And that was it. Let's talk about the fire cider. Okay, fire cider is officially going to be carried in our first two places. Ayo Yoga, German Village. Where else? Bexley Natural Market. Motherfuckers. Where else? Tweet, tweet, a little birdie told me. Uh, Yellowbird food chat, which is a huge deal. We love what Benji does, and we're just so fucking honored. Honestly, this batch Marina made is so good, and she always whispers in fun little spells into- I really do, and if you think that this is a joke, she's Be warned. Ye be warned. Ye be warned, matey! Okay, I cannot wait to finish Cersei, and honestly, forever, forever, we free Brittany, even though she is, in quotation marks, free. Free Brittany. We continue to free her. We love you. Brittany, if you are listening right now. Literally. Oh, babe, babe, how was I supposed to know? Do you think she likes it or do you think she hates it when people do that? Loves it. I hope so. You're an icon. You're an icon living. Everyone have an amazing Halloween. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. I just want to say, get ready for when Sandra and I perform All I Want for Christmas is You in full. We'll, we'll start practicing now. It's going to be amazing. Bye-bye.